Greetings, my peeps, and welcome to the All Things Basketball Podcast with your boy GD. In this episode, I will be doing my Week 23 recap. Uh, all that went on as far as your Players of the Week. Also, I'll talk about the races that are coming up um, as far as uh, the tight races that are taking place in the NBA. Some player news as well. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Okay, guys, so we are on week 23 in the NBA, so we'll talk about all that goes on, uh, some quick fantasy basketball news in Yahoo Leagues. I'm done with that. Thankfully, I'm still in my ESPN Leagues. We got more, one more week to go with that. Of my four Yahoo Leagues, guess who finished number one in three of the four leagues? Yours truly, so uh, definitely uh, a pretty successful year there, so uh kind of pat myself on the back here, but uh, yeah, yeah, I'll definitely take that, that's for sure, so three out of four definitely ain't bad, uh, so I'll definitely take that, so uh, pretty successful year as far as fantasy-wise, so hope you guys did well if you're into fantasy basketball like I am, so. Anyhow, so let's get into it, shall we? As always, we start the week recap off usually with players of the week, and we'll do that here uh, for the West. Devin Booker. Devin Booker, man. I know I said it on the last podcast, uh, the last recap. Um, this guy here, man, I don't understand why he's not in the MVP conversation. I don't get it. He is the top player on the top team in all of the NBA. He's been a mainstay as far as that goes. He only had the one bout with uh with COVID where he tested. Po- I think he tested positive. So um, you know, he sat some games so forth, or he was in the vicinity of someone. Whatever it was, he was in health and safety protocols. So, outside of that, he's been relatively healthy for the most part. So, um, and then we saw CP3 go down, and then that's around the same time Devin Booker uh, had his issue with the health and safety. But he came back not too long after that. His team still took off. So, um, in any event, so the week prior, he goes, um, his team wins Goes three and zero. He averages uh, thirty seven point three points per game, six point three assists, and he actually shot it from the field uh, over fifty eight percent from the field. Wow! So Devin Booker definitely a guy getting it done for his team. They pretty much they locked up uh, first place throughout the play playoffs uh their top seeded team in either conference so they got everything on lock so uh but still you want to finish strong you want to uh you know go into the playoffs uh, on a high note so they're doing that so uh 
definitely a big ups to Devin Booker. And then for the East, Jason Tatum. See, like every week I'm t- saying this guy is player of the week. Uh, the Celtics went 3-0. and He averaged 32 points per game, 5 rebounds, 5 assists. So a Boston team that's still amongst the top four. We'll talk about that in a few minutes. But um, Jason Tatum playing well down the stretch. So, all right, guys. So probably the biggest news coming out of the prior week is Anthony Davis returns to the Lakers lineup. He returns on the Friday. Um, or In fact, he returns on April 1st. So, um, in that night, he, he actually had... 23 points, 12 rebounds, 6 assists versus the Pelicans at home. But the Pelicans rally late in the fourth quarter and win that game, 114 to 111. So another another loss there for the Lakers. And then on Sunday, uh, Anthony Davis plays in that one, 28 points, 9 rebounds, 8 assists, 3 blocks, and 2 steals. But all of that still isn't enough because the Denver Nuggets pull away late in that uh, fourth quarter and they win uh, 129 to 118. So uh, Lakers right now, they lost six straight at that point. Um, the one thing you can't say though is uh, Russ, Russell Westbrook. He actually been playing well, actually since mid March. He's been playing pretty good, so including just eleven turnovers in five games. So Russell Westbrook, um, you can't pin it on him, guys. I mean, he's doing what he can do, but a lot of it is LeBron, you know, missing time here and there and so forth. They're just getting AD back, so. Um, in fact, LeBron played on that Friday, had 38 points, eight rebounds and four assists. But again, that's not enough to beat the Pelicans for crying out loud, who are in play in position. Uh, the Pelicans are so, um, so right now the Lakers have four more games left. They have Phoenix on the road, um, Golden State on the road. They face OKC at home, and then they go to Denver on the road. So this is a pretty hard stretch there. So right now, they're in 11th place. They're two games behind San Antonio Spurs. Now, remember um, when I talked about Greg Popovich getting the record, uh, San Antonio really wasn't playing for much at, at that time, but they turned it on late in this season, and now they're in the 10th spot in the play-in. So, Lakers right now at 11. Every game is crucial from here on in, here on out, guys. So, uh, you know, they, they, they got to get it done. And then the t- pile on, on top of all that, Kareem has some pretty stinging things to say about um, – LeBron James. Um, recently, Carmelo Anthony got the new um, social justice award that they created, named after Kareem Abdul-Jabbar for the work he's done in that regard. So, 
you know, the media talk to him. And they, of course, you know, if you're talking uh, Lakers, you're going to ask about LeBron. He basically said, um, you know, he all he says all these wonderful things that LeBron does, which he does, you know, the school in Akron and so forth. But he says some of the things, you know, some of the things he does is embarrassing. I guess he was talking about that uh, game where he hit the three pointer to win the game, and then he, you know, kind of uh, showed his. Uh, his bits and parts there um, in a little dance and so forth. So Kareem called that childish. And then LeBron had this uh, meme where it was the three Spider-Mans. One was COVID, one was cold, one was the flu. And he basically asked, uh, what's the difference? So Kareem took him to task for that, saying it's irresponsible for him to do that. Um, and, you know, uh, especially, you know, with a lot of people dying from COVID and so forth. So should have been more forthcoming with that. And granted that LeBron and his, you know, his family so forth are vaccinated and whatnot. So uh, Kareem just felt he should have been a little more responsible in that regard. So he he caught blowback from it. That's for sure. Um, Kareem has, you know, the. Pretty much saying, oh, it's sour grapes because LeBron's about to pass him on the uh, as the number one scorer all time. So, you know, I don't think it's that. I don't think Kareem tossing turns at night thinking about LeBron passing him on the all-time scoring list. I think for Kareem, he's old school. So, you know, he wants guys to carry themselves a certain way. He even said it in his Mia culpa that he's, you know, he's more of a big brother type, just giving sound advice to a, a LeBron James. So he said he would welcome a sit down with him and so forth. He really hasn't had too much dealings with him and so forth. So, uh, you know, like I said, you know, Kareem's old school. So, you know, um, he's not with the celebrations and so forth act like you've been here and you know oddly enough if you're watching the um the series on hbo about um the showtime lakers the uh, i think that character the character um they're portraying kareem as you know a lot of it is embellished but i think that character is pretty much close to home as far as cap the aura of Kareem where you know he's not not a flash and dash he just goes and does his job and that's it so so um so that's bearing in real life as well so in any event so so that's the drama with the Lakers that's pretty much on, on the top of the scale as far as the top stories go so right now the Lakers on the outside looking in for the play-in so so there's that. Um, now let's talk about some of the races um, going down the stretch here. Uh, in the East, you have four teams at the top um, with two and a half games separating them. That would be the Miami Heat with 51 wins, Boston with 49 wins, and both 
of Milwaukee and Philly with 48 wins. So um, right now, uh, it looks like Miami and Boston, they only have three games left. Milwaukee and Philly has four games left. So I'll tell you the slate of games. Uh, right now, Miami, they face off uh, two home games against uh, Charlotte and Atlanta. Both teams have something to play for because they're in the play-in spot. Um, so they have something to play for. And then their last game is on the road in Orlando. So uh, right now, Miami has four straight wins. So they're the hot team amongst the four. So, um, yes. Yeah, so if form holds... Miami could end up being the number one seed in that in the East. So, uh, and their schedule pretty much favors them to do so. Uh, Boston, with only three games on their schedule, they go to Chicago, they go to Milwaukee, and their last game is they go to Memphis. The good thing for them, Memphis doesn't have much to play for. They're locked in at number two, so more than likely, they're not going to um, overexert themselves in that last game. So, Boston has a shot. Um, they're two games behind Miami. Miami. They have a shot. They would need Miami to stumble a little bit, which I don't foresee. Um, so, But it's possible, so, so there it is with that. Milwaukee, they... They have, uh, of their four games, three are on the road. Uh, they go to Chicago um, to face the Bulls. Uh, Boston comes to them. And then after that, uh, they're at Detroit and at Cleveland. Cleveland is pretty much locked in at the seventh spot. So they're in the play-in position. So maybe by that last game. Cleveland and uh, Cleveland doesn't have much to play for, so maybe a Darius Garland sits. Maybe well, Mo, Evan Mobley's still out, so maybe a Karis Levert sits. So, um, so Milwaukee, you know, they they got a shot here. They have some winnable games here. Um, if they were to ride out, they would need. Um, Boston to stumble. Well, they have a head-to-head -head against Boston, so that helps their cause. But uh, they would need Miami to stumble in a big way. But it's possible for them to leapfrog Boston. Um, it's not going to be easy, that's for sure. So uh, if form holds, if form holds, they'll stay at three. So we'll see. Um, yeah, so... and. Being at the three spot is, I mean, you know, it, it, you could be in worse shape. So, um, at least they're afforded a, you know, a home series, that's for sure. Well, all these four should have a home series. Nonetheless, it's just a matter of who their opponent is. And then uh, Philly, they have four games left. And actually, they have the more favorable schedule of these four teams. Um, they, they're, they go to Indiana, they go to Toronto, 
then Indiana comes to them, and then Detroit comes to them. So if they were to ride out, they would need those teams above them to stumble a bit. So, um, And then remember, too, Joel Embiid is um, playing for that MVP uh, award. So, um, so he'll definitely have something to play for these last games down the stretch. That's for sure. So... Um, yeah, so so that's the race in the East as far as that goes. Now let's talk about the three-team race in the West for the five through seven spot. And ironically, it's between uh, three teams from the Northwest Division. Denver at 47 wins, Utah 46 wins, and the Timberwolves, the surprise there with 45 wins and only two games of separating them. So, um, of the three teams, Utah has the, has four games left. The other two has three games left. So Denver, uh, pretty favorable scheduled. They're all home games. They face, uh, San Antonio. They face uh, Memphis. Again, Memphis is locked in at that two spot. So um, so who knows how they come out for that. Although they did get a tough win um, a few nights ago. Um, and against a uh, pretty good opponent. And then uh, their last game against the Lakers. So... And who knows what shape the Lakers will be in for that last game. So, a pretty favorable schedule for Denver. And then Utah, uh, they face, they get three games at home, one on the road. So, they get Memphis. Uh, again, Memphis has been tough even without uh, John ja Morant. They've been tough. Uh, OKC, they face Phoenix. Phoenix now. Um, they're still playing hard. Um, Devin Booker may, you know, uh, maybe he'll, he'll, pl you know, ball out since he's got an outside shot at that M MVP award. So, um, we'll see about that. And th that falls on a Friday. And then the last game against Portland. So, Utah with some winnable games there. Um, the only tough game it seems would be the Memphis and the Phoenix Phoenix game but these again these are two teams locked in so how hard they're gonna go we'll see um but definitely winnable games there for them and then Minnesota they have three games left uh all home games for them so uh they Washington comes there San Antonio comes there, and then Chicago. So, uh, be very intriguing because remember, the the seventh seed gets into the play-in, so they'll have to deal with the play-in nonsense there. So, you definitely want to be either five or six, that's for sure. So, definitely a race to watch. And then the last race there. Um, that I'll talk about is in the East for that um, for the play-in, in fact, and that's between four teams: 
Cleveland, Atlanta, Charlotte, and Brooklyn, um, with a game and a half separating them. Uh, Cleveland with 43 wins, Atlanta with 41, and both the Nets and Charlotte has 40 wins. So, um, only Cleveland only has three games left. So, and of those three games, uh, two are on the road and then one home. Oh, tough. Uh, two tough games. Uh, first one at Orlando, and then they go to Brooklyn, and then they have a home game against Milwaukee. Uh, Brooklyn and Milwaukee has something to play for, obviously. So uh, those games won't be easy for Cleveland, that's for sure. And then Atlanta, uh, they have the four games there at Toronto. They um, they host Washington and then on the road against Miami and Houston. So only one team, one team really actually Tor Toronto. I think they could still make movement um, as far as five and six goes in the east so uh they'll have something to play for miami obviously washington and houston those are games that you know uh atlanta must have so just to have some breathing room there so and then charlotte has four games at miami they host orlando uh at chicago and then they host washington so um two tough games for them so um won't be easy there that's for sure for charlotte and then brooklyn they have um actually they have three home games and thankfully you know with the mandate lifted Kyrie will be playing in all of these games you would think so at least so again this is Kyrie. who knows anyhow um they host Houston, they go to Madison Square Garden to face the Knicks. They uh, host Cleveland, and they host uh, Indiana. So, they definitely can win out, that's for sure. Uh, these are all games that they should win, that they should win. So, um, if they were to win out, um, Cleveland... And Cleveland wins the, the Orlando game. I'll uh, be interested to see what the tiebreaker is as far as Cleveland. I want to say Cleveland beat them twice already. And if they would, if Brooklyn were to win this one here, um, I don't think, um, I think they lose the tiebreaker to Cleveland. So. Uh, that could put them in the eighth spot. So, um, yeah, so I I think they, unless Cleveland loses out, uh, Brooklyn, probably the highest they can go is the eighth spot. So, if everything bodes well. So, we'll see. Uh, yeah, so, all right. So, that is the race for the play-in. So, um all right, guys, so let's do some uh, player stuff now. 
Steph Curry ruled out for regular season, so they won't get him back until the playoffs. Um, right now, they're at the three seed, and they'll, they're pretty much locked there for the most part, provided they win out. Um, so, yeah, they're in the three spot. They're a game ahead of Dallas. Dallas has been hot, by the way, so um, if they were to hold form... Um, They'll be in that three seed spot. So, um, yeah. So, hopefully you get uh, Steph Curry back in time for playoffs. So, And then Jeremy Grant of the Detroit uh, Pistons. He's out with that calf injury. And they ruled him out for a regular season. So, uh, Jeremy Grant, he could be a guy who could who probably will be dealt in the offseason. We'll see what happens. And then Paul George makes his return. Um, maybe he had the um, issue with the elbow there. Um, so he he returns after missing 43 games. Right now, the Clippers are the eighth seed in the... So they're in the play-in, obviously. So, so Paul George comes back. And they actually beat... He comes back on March 29th, and they beat Utah 121-115. to 115. And in that game returning, he only just scores 34 points, drops uh, six threes in that game, along with six assists and four steals. So Paul George comes back uh, being his normal self. So uh, what else is new? So, but that's a major weapon for the Clippers, and they Clippers quietly can present a problem in the West. So, um, I would keep an eye on that. That's for sure. Um, then also, um, in as far as injury go, big blow to Boston. Robert Williams, their young, talented center, suffers a torn meniscus on March twenty seventh. And uh, that was on that Sunday. And then uh, now he's out four to six weeks. So that would give him a window of um, probably if Boston were to advance to the second round, you could get him back for that. So but a huge blow to uh, Boston. That's for sure. So uh, let's see if they can right the ship in that regard there. Um, also rookie sensation, Evan Mobley. I just mentioned him. He suffered the ankle sprain on that Tuesday, uh, March 28th. So, uh, he, oh. so, uh, he, he's already missed four games that week. He could return at some point this week. We'll see, um, uh, how things go, but they definitely need him back in the fold, that's for sure. Scoring 15 points a game, 8.3 rebounds, and a block and a half per game. So they picked up Moses Brown, um, who Dallas waived. So uh, they picked him up. So he's he's been playing well in, in um, Mobley's absence, but they definitely need Mobley there, um, that's for sure. So, so... On that note, guys, I think I'm going to, 
Oh, and let me just, um, one bit of news to Knicks-wise, though. Um, Julius Randle, they're declaring him out with the quad injury, so he's going to sit. So now you get a long look at a OB Toppin, uh, get to see what he can do. So um, I know the last time I spoke to you, I said he's uh, mentally shot. Um Julius Randle is he actually um they actually interviewed him post game and he just you know voice you know he he know he had not a stellar season as opposed to the season prior and he he knows things have been tough here but uh he seems willing he wants to stay here for the long haul um I don't know if he does um uh, after this season here, you know, he got his money. He got his money. He got read up. Um, it's not a killer contract. So, uh, the question is, what do you do now? Um, you're going to have to make a commitment to RJ, um, in terms of money wise, you're going to have to give him a rookie max probably. Um, then you got to make a decision with Mitchell Robinson. Um, Emmanuel quickly, he's been playing very well as of late. Is he your point guard of the future? We'll see. Um, yeah, so what the Knicks do with Randall, um, that's going to be the question. That's going to be the question because now this team has pretty much shifted to being R.J. Barrett's team unless you <laughs> somehow deal out Barrett. Barrett and bring in a uh, star player, which I don't prescribe to, but um, that was the Knicks' old way of doing things where, you know, these rookies get to their, the end of their rookie deal and then they're shipped off somewhere or they're just not re-signed. Um, you know, you got to give the fan base some hope. And now that you grew a guy like R.J. Barrett, um, you, you you need to do the right thing and bring him back in the fold. This this gives your fan base hope that you know we're building with a guy who can be a star if he continues to grow his game and uh, do the things necessary to get to that next level. Um, right now he's <laughs> uh, he, he's looking like a a very smart pick. By the Knicks, um, cause look at what Zion isn't doing. Uh, he, uh, with the foot injury, who knows what you're going to get out of him. You really don't know at this point, guys. So, um, yeah, so RJ Barrett is definitely a need, uh, someone you need to re-sign and hit your wagon to, but Randall, it's going to be interesting to see what what they foresee for him as far as his future with this team. So, um, a lot of talk about, um, Donovan Mitchell. I don't think he's going anywhere. I think it's just a lot of, uh, smoke and mirrors. Um, if they were to move on from somebody, I would say in this order, it would be Rudy Gobert, the coach and then 
uh, Donovan. That's my thinking, but again, I could be wrong. So, um, yeah, so uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens with Utah in the postseason and uh, how far they go in that regard. So, but uh, Julius Randle, you know, guys like him don't grow on trees. Guys uh, who give you 18, 10 with five assists. Um, only thing that calls for him to have the ball in his hand a lot. So do you want to bring in a point guard who can alleviate that from him and probably get him to concentrate more on, you know, uh, improving his three-point shot, which actually uh, went to pot this year. <laughs> um uh, you know, wheeling and dealing on the inside. Uh, yeah, I think it all depends on what happens in this off season as far as the direction of the team. So I'll just leave it at that. All right, guys, uh, I think that's enough talk for now. Uh, when I come back with the second part, um, I will be covering this tight scoring race. Um, and all the scoring that took place, and some Hall of Fame talk. Uh, we have new inductees in the all Hall of Fame, so we'll talk about all of that on um, on the next episode, which is the part two. All right, guys, until then, thank you again for listening, and we'll talk soon. So, my peeps, if you enjoy what you're listening to, you can follow me on my Facebook page, GD That Sports Dude. You also can follow me on Instagram and TikTok at GD That Sports Dude. And also on Twitter, you can find me at GD That Sport Dude. Also, you can email me at That Sports Dude GD at gmail.com. You can also support me through my Zelle at that same email address. And also on anchor.fm slash gd that sports dude. You can hit the support button there to contribute to this podcast and also like me there as well. And again, I thank you for listening to this content.